Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, you can also watch us now on Facebook Live. We've got three guests lined up for you today. Allison Posey, the sports director at the ABC affiliate in Tallahassee, Florida, set to join us in about 15 minutes to preview Syracuse, Florida State. Tomorrow down in Tallahassee, both teams one and three in conference play, so a big one for both the Seminoles and the Orange. We'll talk with Patrick Beeline, head coach of Lemoyne at twelve forty-five, as we do every Friday, and then coming up in hour number two, Bob Antonacci and Dave Herring will be here in studio as we promote the annual Zebra Classic. Five high school games set for Sunday at Lemoyne College, including the Holy War, Bishop Ludden, CBA. Closing out the day around 7 o'clock. And Seth, before we get to our, our sports talk today, I do need to point out, I walked in the door, didn't have the best of mornings, wasn't in a great mood. I walk in the door and I see that there's, there's all this hustle and bustle in the lunchroom. All this food in the lunchroom. Yeah. So I go and check it out and you know peruse to see what the options are. You tell me that, that you made this like chocolate chip... It's almost like chocolate it's basically chip brownies. A cookie cake yeah. kind of a thing. It's it's cookies in the shape, but instead of making circles, I just throw it in a brownie thing. And so I them. tried one, and um, it was good. And they oh, say thanks. that the the ultimate compliment for the chef is if you go back for seconds. I did go back and take another sliver, so I enjoyed it. Had a slice Thank of pizza. You. My mood has improved just like that. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I could help. This is a game changer. We should do this more often. I I missed the memo sure. about bringing food today. Well, you you told me what your birthday is this morning. Yeah. Because of another conversation. So I may be able to uh I have to help wait till the end there. of February. <laughs> I mean, it's a month and a half. All right. I'll look forward to that. Anyway, good job by you. Well, thanks. Um, So we're going to start talking some basketball, obviously, and Syracuse hitting the road today, traveling down to Tallahassee. Big game tomorrow, 2 o'clock, against the Florida State Seminoles. And and you look at the ACC standings right now, and we touched on this yesterday, Seth, and you you, you brought up the... The mathematical problems for the teams in the ACC last year there was you know a bunch of bad teams, a bunch of good teams, and then and then some in the middle. There really aren't a lot of quote unquote bad teams this year. I mean, NC State. We said yesterday, okay, Pitt is the worst team in the conference, and I asked you, I said, who's the second worst team? And you said either BC or NC State. Yeah, well, and they NC both State have beaten Duke, beating and then, teams, and then NC State <laughs> wins last night. Um, did you see the end of that game? What a yeah, wild what finish happened there. I mean, between NC State and Clemson, that was like the ultimate ice the kicker thing. Yeah, where you you ice the the guy on the free throw line, and instead of like talking to your team, because what are you possibly telling your team with two tenths of a second? left right box it's, out it's it's either he makes it and we go to overtime or he misses and this game is over instead of that like didn't kevin keats like wait like yeah. try and pump up the crowd and he's just like come on guys we we need your help like get get loud here go nuts and and, and the works. guy goes up and misses I, I mean that was insane a foul called on a three-pointer with two tenths of a second left with clemson down three how are you even at, how are you uh, I, I don't want to say anywhere close because you have to be close because it's 
it's it would tie the game, but how are you in a situation where you're fouling on that shot? Well, you saw the play that happened before that, right? Clemson cuts it to three with 1.3 left, and then NC State had a violation right. inbounding the ball. They had two of them in like the last, what, minute? First one didn't get called. Second yeah. one did get called with 1.3 left. Clemson calls timeout, sets up a play, works to perfection. Gabe DeVoe got what was an open look in the corner, gets hit as he goes up to shoot the three, goes to the free throw line, makes the first two. NC State calls timeout, ices him. Uh, you know, the crowd gets into it, and, and DeVoe, who was he was one for four on the night from the free throw line until that point makes the first two and then the one that matters the most to, to send it in overtime he misses it and, and he's a and good there was, free throw shooter. he has pretty good free like throw 80% shooter on so the missed year. four last night Clemson loses by one but again NC free State, throws matter they do as Brent Axe will tell you time and time again and you know you look at the standings and now NC State right in the middle of the pack two and two in conference play their two wins are Duke and Clemson so they got to be pretty good right. Yeah. I mean, where does that where does that leave Syracuse right now? I don't and so know. The the point being that if Syracuse loses this game tomorrow, again, there's a lot of basketball to be played. Danny Shea said it's not panic time. It's too early for it to be panic time. And I understand that. I tend to agree with him. I think we overreact in a lot of cases and say, well, this is a must win or that's a must win. Or I tell you what, though, this stretch coming up where they've got Pitt twice. Pitt is clearly the worst team in the conference. They're awful. BC, who, again, I think is probably the second worst team in the conference. And Georgia Tech. And at Georgia Tech. And I'm not sure about Georgia Tech. They just beat Notre Dame, but but Notre Dame was was shorthanded. And a lot of their struggles early in the year came without Josh Kogi. True. Four very winnable games, though. And not only winnable, you should win three of those. And the Georgia Tech, you know, on the road probably is a toss-up. So you've got five games now to close out the month of January. Obviously, one tomorrow. You got to get to five and four, right? I mean, you got to win four of these five. However, it breaks down. Now, most yeah. likely, it's not going to be tomorrow. And if it is, great. And then you've got a quality win on your resume. Plus, you're back to two and three, and now you're in business. But if you're one and four, and again, I don't want to say must win because I get it. A lot of basketball left. You have the whole month of February, and that's the beauty of the ACC. You have all sorts of opportunities to make up for losses. All sorts of opportunities for quality wins. But it's tough. I mean, you've got Duke and NC State and, and, and uh, North Carolina and Clemson and Virginia and Louisville. and I mean, it, it's a tough schedule from here on out after this four-game stretch. Got to be 5-4, and four, I think, in order to, to keep yourself on pace. Even 4-5 four and, five five and keeps four, you in the conversation. 4-5 and five keeps you in the conversation. You want to be 5-4. and four. Anything less than four and five, and I think we stop talking about trouble. the tournament. You're in a lot of trouble. If you right. if they lose this game tomorrow, as is expected, and you, you drop to one and four in conference play, and then you lose one of those next four against BC, Pitt, or Georgia Tech, you're in a whole lot of trouble going into right. the month of February. Right, and it, you, like we said, you know, like we kind of said, if you're at three and six, like I think we stop talking about the tournament until they prove otherwise. If they're at four and five. You could talk me into it. If they're at five and four, I think they're still in all right shape because you got to win four or five games in that last month, and and you could find a couple. You got BC again. You get Wake at home. Uh, you get NC State. You get uh, well, we just said NC State's maybe not that terrible. Uh, but <laughs> you get my point. Like that, there are games that that you could probably win and and get enough wins there. Uh, but yeah, they they need to win at least what four of these five. Yes, and, and if not. If not four, they've got to get three of them to, to at least stay relatively relevant heading into February. And and if they don't win three, they're not going to be relevant. Like, when's the last time we could say 
with, with relative certainty that Syracuse basketball has not been relevant heading into February. And if they lose, if they don't win at least three of these five, they're not going to be. If they go two and three, and all of a sudden they're three and six heading into that Saturday game against Virginia, who cares, right? I, I think if you're if you are below five hundred in conference play after the month of January. I think you're in trouble. I think even if they're four and five, but that's given least, the schedule that lies that ahead, feels, I think you're in trouble. But that feels doable to me. If you're four and five, it feels realistic that you can overcome that. If you're six and three and you've lost, it means you would have lost uh, one of these this game tomorrow and two of the four. Well, then you're Over in a whole lot of trouble. Weeks. I think either right. I, but, my, but my that's point my is, point. Like, I, I, you, and I understand if you your lose point. Two of those four. Then you're really in trouble. If you go and you go three and one in that four game stretch, and your one loss is like Georgia Tech on the road, okay, fine, right? Like I, I can live with that, and and I could say, okay, well that makes sense, right? Like it, it, it looks like this team might still be able to do some things. They lost to Georgia Tech, who's you know probably at the same level as they are. It was a game on the road, you know, it happens, and it'll just make you kick yourself over Wake Forest and and more importantly Notre Dame at home down two people. Uh, but that would at least let me think. Okay, they're at four wins. You beat. You get Boston College again. Beat them. You get. Uh, you know Wake Forest at home. Beat them this time. You're at six. Uh, can you pull an upset over Clemson on that last day of the year? Can See, you, but, that, and that's the problem. But, but you need that even if you're at five. Here's the thing. That and that is my point. I get to three and six is worse than four and five. Three and six means you're more in more trouble than you are at four and five. But I would take it a step further, Seth. If you are not five and four, if you are not better than five hundred after the month of January, given this schedule that lies ahead, I, I clump four and five and three and six into the same column because I, I just I think you're in a lot of trouble. I'm just gonna rattle off the teams that they're playing from February on, okay? Virginia at Louisville, Wake Forest, NC State. At Miami, North Carolina, at Duke, at BC, Clemson at home. If you are four and five, you need that's what, brutal. You need six wins. We talked about yeah. to get to ten wins to couple it with your eleven and two non-conference schedule. Give me six. You've got to beat all the unranked teams, Seth. Give me six wins. There. I don't have. I don't. You have don't. Them. That's the point. I don't have six wins. You don't. You have. You know. Wake. Can you NC win four State and then win and two in the tournament? That's three that you feel really good about. Right. You need three more on right. top of that. Can you can you steal a win against a ranked team? Maybe beat Louisville and pick up one in the ACC tournament. Like, but like that's but that's yes, what we're saying. You like, can maybe like that's do that. What it, that's what it stretches to, which is. I, that's why Look, I'm saying if they're not five and four, they are in real trouble. But even if they're five and four, do you have confidence they could pull five out of that month? Again, that would allow you to get the three that you quote unquote should get. They always get at least one that you don't that expect them to get, and then you could go to the ACC tournament and you have a fighter's chance. I mean, if granted, are, they haven't won an ACC tournament game yet. This is true. So who it's knows? in Brooklyn now, though, and I know it was last year as well. But it's you know it's in Brooklyn. You got the, the home court advantage, quote unquote, to some degree. You got the fans down there. Eventually, I mean that's a fluky thing that they haven't won an <laughs> ACC really tournament game. I mean, they haven't won a, a conference tournament game since going back to the Big East semifinals their right. their final year in in the Big East. But my point is, I don't three and six, four and five. To me, it's all the same. To me, it's you're in a lot of trouble. You're halfway through the conference schedule. And you are in a lot of trouble, given how difficult the month of February and beyond is for this team. That said, they rip off the next five, and they're six and three heading into February. 
<laughs> you know, if they like, just run right. the table, they'll exactly. be a number two seed in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. I mean, come on. No, Seth. but you know, like things could change, and I'm not yes. saying they will. And I, I have no reason to believe that they will win tomorrow's game. Uh, but can't your feelings change a lot based on tomorrow's game specifically? Yes. Because if they were to go down to Florida State and if they were to win that game, and, and look, I think the way they played against Virginia, they would beat a lot of teams, I, I think. Uh, I, I think if they played the way they played against Virginia, against Wake Forest, they win against Notre Dame. There's no question against St. Bonaventure. They probably win that game as well. So the question is, if they play the way they played against Virginia, is that good enough to win tomorrow? And No. It's not, because Florida State's pretty good, and they're right. really good at home. So no, and that's the problem with this conference. You're not playing Wake Forest or Notre Dame down the two best players tomorrow. You're playing a Florida State team that is one and 1-3 that should be better than that. I mean, yes. they played, if, if Florida, let me flip the question. If Florida State plays the way it did against Duke or Miami or Louisville, they're, win- they're beating Syracuse tomorrow, Probably. right? I mean, they should right. you know, th- that game was a fantastic game, went right down to the wire. They lost at Miami in the closing seconds as well. Florida State's really good. So no, I, I think if they play the way they did against Virginia, I, th- I think they still lose tomorrow. I think they have to be better than that. Let's go to the phone lines. Dom and Syracuse up first today on Orange Nation. Hey, Dom. Hey, guys. This will be a quick one. The one thing that you guys aren't taking into consideration is that every year um, that Syracuse is on the fringe, last four in, first four out, historically, we've been on the out. You know what I mean? We've been bounced out of the tournament more often or left out in those situations. Now, granted that one year we made the magical run to the Final Four, taking that into consideration. But usually, if we're on the cusp, the, the tournament committee usually leaves us out. And and Dom, I'm with you. And and I, I get like I get what you're saying. You want to you want to eliminate the doubt on Selection Sunday, which is why Seth and I had this conversation a couple days ago. We said, what would make you feel comfortable? For me, what would make me feel comfortable is ten and eight in conference play. Couple it with the eleven and two non conference schedule. You're going to have some quality wins on your resume if you go ten and eight in this conference. And and for me, that gets you in. Now, in order to get to ten wins, if you are four and five after the month of January. Given what this schedule looks like from February on, I think you are in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, and and even when we talked about this, I kind of went back and forth as to whether 10 wins would get them in, given that they had 10 wins last year. And I know that different circumstances and they were bad. And not, I, I get right. all that. Eight and five um, and not conference, opposed five. to 11 and two. No, I, and I get all that. But uh, I, I just don't know, because are, are the three extra wins that they got in the non-conference this year anything to write home about? You know, like, I... I like and I know if you go ten and eight in the ACC, and if they were to still pick up ten wins, you would have some really good wins in there. You would have to beat a Duke, a Miami, a North Carolina. Let me a stop you. You would Let, have to real quick. You just said the three wins. Anything to write home about? If you consider those three wins being Maryland. UConn then, at a neutral site sure. and at Georgetown, you didn't have any of those right. last year. You and didn't. so, if if you had those three, if you had ACC Big Ten challenge. And you had UConn and Georgetown last year, you would have made it. So, yes, yes those three wins sure. do matter. They matter sure. a lot. We do those have to take a timeout. We're going to get to Allison Posey, sports director at the ABC in Tallahassee. She joins us next. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. It's brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amour CPAs as we bring in our producer, Max. What's up, Max? The Army has challenged the Golden Knights trademark. Vegas responding. 
Just kidding. You they better did. Be. No, they did respond. No, that's a real it was thing. I just really funny, wanna... actually. Uh, they're no. really snarky, like anyway, their Twitter account. Le'Veon Bell. Let's get to him because I think the man should be paid a lot of money, like more than Antonio Brown. Le'Veon he should be the Bell highest paid player. He should be the highest paid player in the league. He told ESPN he's prepared to sit out a season or even retire at 25 years old if he is franchise tagged for a second consecutive year. He played uh, all of this all season this year except for the first what couple games three. Or no, he's he he suspended this year. No, no, no. He uh, he didn't play the preseason. Right. Threatened to hold out, but ended up caving before week one. Uh, he played for twelve point one million dollars on his franchise tag this year. Rejected a long term contract that reports say were up to thirty million in the first two years because that still didn't value his full skill skill set. He felt. Uh, quoting him, he said, "I know what I do and bring to the table. I'm not going out here getting the ball four hundred times if I'm not getting what I feel I'm valued at." He rushed for three hundred and twenty one. 321 attempts for 1,291 yards and caught 85 passes for 655 yards with 11 touchdowns. And not to mention, this might be the most impressive stat. He has 7,996 yards through 62 career games, which is the more than any other player since the merger in 1970. So he's good. He's a pretty good football player. Yeah. He should be paid a lot of money. Fair. Okay. Yes. I think that's obvious. Okay. What is fair? Because it should be a lot of money. I think it should be receiver money. No, he's a running back. And he, I understand. No, he's, he's a running No, look, he's a running back, and I understand the sentiment that he's a good receiver, but. Can I call uh, a timeout? Sure, go for it. I, I don't care what the number is. Yeah. What bothers me about this is the fact that he is doing this a couple days <laughs> before a playoff well, game. Well, no, he's not bringing it to light. The media was asking him questions about it. Before the playoff game, and he said, and further down in the story is, look, I'm not focused on this right now. Max, I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl. No one, but if you want my opinion, I'm going to give it to you. No one made him say those things. Yeah. He is smart. He knows. Well, I, listen, he, he could have said, "Let's deal." He with knows it in a how month. this works exactly. You know, he's saying, "Well, I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl." Just say, you know, I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl, but since you asked me, I might retire, I might in three retire weeks. or sit out next year because I'm sick of this. How about, no, but how about, Max, how about I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl. What happens Period. next year, we will discuss after the season is over. That's fair, but what if he just said I'm focused on winning a Super underpaid Bowl? Underpaid for the amount of touches he's getting. He's getting over twelve million this year. If he's franchise tag next year, my understanding is he gets over he fourteen, gets 14 million. and a half million. Okay, he turned down a contract that was at about fifteen for the first couple of years. Right, yep. you said thirty over the first two years. Do not negotiate. Listen, don't negotiate during the season. That irritates me. Certainly, don't negotiate during the playoffs. Go win your Super Bowl, and then we'll talk about this later. So I don't care what the number is. Like, he should okay. that if you don't care, really bothers me. I understand where you're coming from, but you need to pay this man, and it needs Fine. to be more than any running backs ever they been paid in the history right. of football. You can have to you're pay right. this man. It needs to be receiver money. But I money. can be right as well. Like you don't have to do this now. Like you don't have to talk about. I get the you know. Listen, I understand. The, the the question being asked, right? I mean, I I get it. Like I'm a reporter. Like you know, we cover SU basketball. Now it's different because it's college opposed to the pros. We're not asking them about how much they should be paid, but I get asking a question to see if you get a response. Right. But right that after, does not mean you have to get that honest of a response at this stage of the example, season. Example. Right after the Ole Miss game, and right after the Final Four, weren't we asking Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson, "Hey, what are, what what are you doing?" Great example. I'm going to take it one step further. 
Tyus Battle had to deal with those questions before the season started. Right. What if he said, you know, like, I'm out of on here, February 1st, I'm focused on taking this team to the NCAA tournament, but I'm done. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm done. I'm not going to class this semester. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out. Like, I, I'm going to, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to the NBA. You would never hear that. No. Carmelo Anthony didn't even do that. Carmelo Anthony broke obvious. down in tears after the season. It's Carmelo like, you know, also said he was coming back for the next year, and then two weeks later was like, well, oh, no, I'm out. Peace again, out, Syracuse. He's feeding into the crowd. There, you know, one more year. People are chanting. Like, he's, he had just won the national title. People like, forget stop. that Carmelo Anthony broke this city's heart two weeks after he oh, said he was staying. stop it. Everybody knew he was going. Stop. Yeah, but he didn't have to come out no, and no, no, say no, he no. was staying. Take that. No. I, you see, I, I thought you weren't going to irritate me. You need, no, 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 no. You need to take that back. He didn't break anyone's heart. Look, like, everyone knew he was going. He was the number three you know pick in the NBA broke? draft. You know whose heart he broke? Eight-year-old Max. Eight-year-old Max Brigandi. Oh, stop. <laughs> That's whose heart he broke. He gave you a national title Relax, like a few I'm kidding, weeks Steve. I'm Thank just messing you. with you. I'm just messing with you. But come on, in all seriousness, I understand the timing's poor, but this is something that needs to be addressed immediately after... The Steelers are either eliminated or win the Super Bowl. And I'm talking... He's not going to get receiver money. He needs to get receiver no, money. He has not, he has the most matter. yards from scrimmage out of gonna, any player in the league. He has a he, Why does that not gonna, matter? Because you're not going to pay a running back receiver money. Why? Why does that not matter? If it's, if it's $5 million gonna, less than Antonio Brown, why? Why not? I don't. It's not going to happen because gonna, you say so. Look, because you say him, so. They're going to pay him handsomely. They're going to pay him what he's worth. They're going to pay him a lot of money. And they're going to guarantee a lot of money. It's more important. I think it's more important to guarantee a bunch of money than to make some gaudy statement of how much you know how much it's worth over the total value of the contract. And I think that's kind of what Le'Veon Bell uh, <laughs> was getting at when he said, "Okay, I, I would guarantee money over two years." He probably wants more guaranteed money, and if it means less overall money, fine. But I, I don't think you're going to pay him like you would pay uh, a a top wide receiver. That's just and of I don't course know, crazy. he wants more guaranteed money because of, you know especially the position that he plays. Such he a tears his ACL, life. Right. Life. Well, and, he already tore his ACL, the, and he touched the ball 400 times I a know. year. And with the franchise tag, you are proving yourself every year. It's all right. I got to go do that again, and I got to do that again. And you want, you know, I get that. He wants the long-term deal. He wants more guaranteed money. He wants to feel like he's quote-unquote appreciated. My point is, and I'm not saying he's wrong. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. So I'm not like, I'm not going to listen. And not that it matters whether or not you know Stephen Fonte in Syracuse, New York listens to. But if I'm the Steelers, I'm not listening to that right now. Go win a Super Bowl. Like focus. That's fine. But we'll his talk focus already later. is. And then yeah, okay, I get How that. You his, just said he's, his folk. Yeah, I know what he said. He, I, I'm, I want to win a Super Bowl, but as long as you brought it up, let me create a distraction for me and the rest of my teammates. All right. Well, if you Good give job, him a platform, Le'Veon. the guy's going to talk, and everyone listens. Obviously, not everyone. If they don't manage, not a, lot, if, a lot of people Tom don't Brady do that. Actually, yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't do exactly. Okay, whatever, guys. Anyway, let's talk about this red shirting rule that could have helped Syracuse this year when Dungey went down. Had it been passed in time, the ACC wants a rule change that would allow players to appear in four games yet still take the red shirt. Sounds like a perfect opportunity for Tommy DeVito to step in when Eric Dungey went down. Am I wrong? You have the no, I, I mean that. Yeah, that's an easy one for for Syracuse. Um, I, I don't know that I love it. I, I don't necessarily hate it. It would essentially be adding a a fifth year of eligibility because it would give you like four and a half ish years. Um, I'm probably more in favor of letting players play red shirts play in bowl games 
um, than letting them play in four full four games all year. I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of the season. If you're going to be letting them play in four games, you might as well just it's give them five the years. Might as well just give people five years of eligibility right. and say do what you want. That's what it feels like. I all disagree. Right, we'll, we'll let you lift and work out for the first half of the season. Learn the playbook. Right. Then you get like this free half a season, and then yeah. you know now you're really afraid. Everyone will do it, obviously, right? I mean, that's. I mean, how many Everybody true freshmen would actually play? So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's saying like, all right, come to school for four years, but but you really, really you have, get like a bonus yeah, fifth year. You have a f- five years of eligibility. I don't love it. I actually like your idea. I didn't think of that. You brought it up. You said the bowl game because it does feel like the bowl game is kind of the precursor to sure. next year. Right. It's like your freshman year is over. This is the start of your sophomore year. And, in and some especially ways. now with with guys who are at higher level programs or or who are high level prospects who are just saying, eh, I'm not, I'm I'm good. And are you going to do this in all sports? Like, you're going to do it for basketball and say, you know, can you, you can imagine one third tor- of the season? You can play the tournament, but you can't play. Well, one third of the season. That'd but that's be 10 what it games. is now. But the, it, and it's, it's different. That's because for we're, medical redshirts. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's different because we're talking about... Um, because we're talking about medical versus just like an op, uh, you know, an optional redshirt. But, you know, Barama Sidibe played in a third of games, and then we were like, oh, he might redshirt. See, I'm fine with that, though. I mean, that is not the kid's fault. Like, the no. kid, you know, and that... that has the player's you know long term future in mind, and that benefits the player. I'm all for things that benefit the player. You know, this very much benefits the teams. I guess it benefits the player to some degree. But are you going to do it for all sports, or are you just going to do this for football? Because if you do it for basketball, and you're no, saying I think that, it's just a football. No, thing. I know. I'm saying, but I'm saying, will there? Could then you be, imagine if you could play in a third of games before redshirt? Right. Will for there a year? then be pressure across the board that if you're doing this for football, do you you know do you do it like Matthew Moyer last year? He redshirted. They said he was redshirting at the beginning of the year because he was hurt. He wasn't injury, up to, right? And then and then he wasn't brought up to speed. Okay, but what if he got up to speed by February and it was like, oh well, we could really use another forward right now, right? Like then in theory, again theoretically, you go could, on in. You know, put him in for the ACC tournament, the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they didn't make the tournament last right. year, but you get the point. I mean, ten games. That's that's the ACC and NCAA tournament. It, you know, at least, you know, if not more. I mean, that's if you win them both. Right. If you win four games in, in the ACC and then six in the NCAA tournament. I, I don't know. I don't love the rule. I think that's kind of a lot. I think if it's, you know, like the, the pit quarterback situation where they had to burn a redshirt for a guy to go in for one like play against Syracuse. He shouldn't lose yeah, his redshirt year. I feel bad for the player. But four games, I, I think that's I, I think that's a lot. I, I don't love that rule, Max. ACC coaches would disagree with you. They're in unanimous of support. Of course the, the coaches are going to disagree. I mean, what coach right. would disagree? I mean, I disagree with you guys, too because Syracuse potentially could have made made a bowl game if they had not had to start Zach Mahoney for the last three games of the year. Not saying he wasn't good because he was solid. But again, that's, but you have not had a high, more highly touted quarterback recruit since McNabb, arguably. That's injury-related, though. This would be a rule that everyone would do. I understand do. that. But I'm saying, would you rather have College Zach Mahoney? College is in five years. College is four years. You're talking about a third of the season, though. That's like four games. And I'm talking about when Eric Dungy goes down in the ninth week of the season and you have three games left. You have to win, what was it, one or two games? To get into a bowl, you're going to tell me that Zach Mahoney gave you a better chance to get you into a bowl than Tommy DeVito? Uh, listen, I understand there's certain specific situations where this would benefit right. teams. I would have loved this Syracuse to be able to do that and still redshirt DeVito too. Right. But. This is a rule that if it is approved, like they will, won't they? Like everyone will do this, like across the board. Like how many true freshmen will actually play more than four games? Well, if you're redshirting in college and basketball, I mean, you look at the one and done. Like you're gonna but if that's you're, not if the you're case a in red football. shirt in Won't basketball, you're gonna do this? you're not a one and done. Like you understand what I'm saying? Well, but here's the thing that I find interesting with football: if you're red shirting as a freshman, and if you're, you, you know, do, do you necessarily need that year back? 
You know if what you're I going mean? to the like, NFL, no. Right. That's what I mean. Like, like, do you necessarily need that year back? Like, if you're good enough, it doesn't matter, and you're probably going to leave after two. If you're really good, you're going to leave after two years, your redshirt sophomore year. Um, and if you don't, you get two. Like, you still get four full seasons. Is it worth it to let people play four full games? You know, while redshirting, and I, I can't really understand it right now. If you if you dangle that out there though to like Alabama, right? They're going to take or, advantage of it. Of course, like they're all going to take advantage of it because how many true freshmen are ready to come in and and play for Alabama? As a true freshman, I guess is my point. When you can, all right, we can try you out for no, but, a third of the season, and then Tua Tagovailoa is ready by now. Understood. You know, but there no, are but exceptions po- to the rule. But, but by my point and large, being, true freshmen are not ready to come in and make an impact right away. But Steve, that's what I was going to say. They're not ready right away. But if you give them three months, they would be. Which, which this, that's how they would exploit this rule if it were a thing, right? Like, like this year. Tua could have gone, played in the national title game, won them the national title game, and oh, by the way, he still has four I years. I know, right? We're on the same page here, Seth, yeah. because you know you're bringing up the exception to the rule being the NFL guys. Not all guys are going to the NFL. Most players are not. So ninety nine percent of college right. athletes go pro in something else, Steve. Exactly. So my point is across the board: Syracuse, Toledo, Bowling Green. I mean, you know. Name, this is all of Division One, correct? Yeah. So across the board, I mean, how many players would come in? In my opinion, it would be a very high percentage would come in and just, I'm, I'm playing five years. I play half, you know, not half. It would be a, a third of I'm my, my freshman season, and then I get yeah. four more. Right. I mean, why would you not do that? Right. I don't know. I think it's kind of, I think of it's course the coaches much. want it. I th- I'd I rather think it's just limit it to well. the bowl. Yeah. I mean, I think it's too much of a drastic change. It, so whatever. Uh, Bills fired their offensive coordinator after finishing 29th in yards per game at 302. We're tied 24th in offensive points scored and finished 9-7. and seven. Second half scoring, the real problem, averaging 5.5 points in the second half after Week 10. Steve, the Bills fan, where do you want to see this offense go? What direction? First of all, that's what you get when you throw the ball on first and goal in a playoff game when the score is tied. First and goal at 2. Inside the 2. Yeah. That aggravated me and a lot of other Bills fans. I, I don't know. He he might have been fired anyway. In my opinion, that sealed his fate. And then, of course, they get the field goal. And, and again, I don't know if they win that game or not, but I, I'd like Buffalo's chances a lot better if it's 7 nothing there instead of 3 nothing. Uh, what direction do I want to see them go? Again, I personally think they are moving away from the direction of Tyrod Taylor. I think he's taken his last snap as the Buffalo Bills quarterback. I think some of it has to do with you know who you're bringing in. Would I like to see them be able to throw the ball more? Absolutely. I think that was a, a problem. It, part of it is who you had at quarterback. Part of it is the offensive coordinator, and part of it is you know the the skilled players that they have now. Kelvin Benjamin's going to help that. Their best player on offense is Lashawn McCoy. You still want to feed him as, as much as possible and give him opportunities, um, but you need to upgrade the quarterback position. And obviously, Sean McDermott felt as though he needed to upgrade the OC position as well. Future Bills quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, that was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help ma- minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. All right, we got to take a time out. We're back. We're going to talk some high school basketball on the other side. Zebra Classic set for Sunday begins at 12 o'clock. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.